Welcome to the LPP Podcast. LPP is the Life Process Program, a non-12-step program for people who want to ameliorate addiction and addiction-related issues in their lives. By the way, when I say addiction, I don't mean only drug and alcohol addiction, but also addictions to love, sex, gambling, pornography, technology, a whole range of other experiences. To learn about the program or to check out free resources like articles, videos, blogs, and podcast episodes related to solving addiction-related problems, visit our website at lifeprocessprogram.com or follow us on social media using any of the links in the show notes. You're listening to a segment called MMA, or Monday Morning Ammunition. Some of our shows are long-form interviews. Monday Morning Ammunition episodes are short educational segments that you might listen to during your Monday morning routine or during your Monday morning commute. Today you'll hear part 7 of an 8-part discussion that I recorded with LPP founder Dr. Stanton Peel. And you may wonder, why are there 8 separate segments here? That's because our program consists of 8 modules, each of which encourages participants to think critically about different dimensions of their lives and what it is they'd like to accomplish. So today we discuss Module 7, Maturity. Enjoy the show. Module 7 is an entire module related to maturity. And so this one's titled A Mature Identity, Growing into Self-Respect and Responsibility. Some of our participants are 60s, 70s, 80s. They're adults. And when they read that people outgrow their addictions or they mature out of them, they might think, what does that mean? I mean, I'm 70 years old. I have a job. I have a family. I'm not going to grow up anymore. And so when we say that people mature out of addictions, we don't mean that they just get older. What does it mean to be mature beyond just simply aging? Well, I'll focus on one of our exercises. And it gets back to when we originally, when I was originally doing a residential rehab, I would ask questions like, well, about new exercises about how do you relate to your family? Uh, How do you express concern for them? How do you look out for their problems? And how do you expect that they'll look out for you? And a certain number of people say, well, that's enabling. My problems aren't your problems and your problems aren't my problems. But I beg to differ. Uh, One, I mean, obviously, the single most important way that people express maturity throughout history has been parenthood. We talk about in the readings that the single event that most likely predicts that people give up an addiction is anticipating a parenthood, becoming pregnant, or having your partner become pregnant, and then actually having children. I mean, there's a million examples of it. I talked about the man who's currently in a bad relationship. He gave up smoking because of his daughter. I mean, it's just not a big stretch to think that most parents are going to reflect on addictive behavior, smoking being a primary example. Am I really going to smoke in front of the small child and increase the likelihood they'll smoke? Or on the other hand, breathe, you know, that whole secondhand smoke thing. Although, of course, everybody knows to go outside and smoke now. But what is that feeling of being a parent? It's not that, you know, you've gotten to be 40 or years old and, well, you're at parenthood age. You're now thinking about your role in raising another human being where your focus isn't solely on your life being better, but how you're going to nurture somebody else, how you're going to respond to everybody else. And that's just the most pointed example 
of something that's true in everybody's lives. I mean, everybody has responsibilities and obligations to somebody, partners, spouses, children, parents, co-workers. To use a famous Yiddish term, it's called being a mensch, being a human being, being open to and outreaching to, supportive and caring about other human beings. And so in achieving maturity, we talk about what it means to become responsible within relationships. So you're not living your life solely for yourself, but you're concerned about your impact on others, which carries with it somewhat the obligation. And let's think about a woman who's in an abusive relationship or a man who's in an abusive relationship. They're not being responsible and being mature when they're not capable of standing up for themselves and describing themselves, requiring and telling another person that they need to be dealt with in a respectful manner. It's a maturing out to come to a place where you respect yourself sufficiently that you expect and demand that the other person treat you with respect and treat you properly that we, we dealt earlier with the question of, well, when do you extract yourself from a relationship? I mean, when we, you talked about, well, people have a choice sometimes. Are they going to reenter their old relationship or are they going to exit it or leave a group because there's just something positive in there? And there are points where people need to identify a relationship as toxic or abusive I mean, we talk about trauma all the time, but as an adult, as a mature adult, you're no longer, I mean, one definition of maturity is you're no longer rankling over the trauma and abuse you suffered as a child. A mature adult doesn't say, oh, I'm this way because this is how my parents treated me. However negative or devastating that was, however much you could point a finger of scorn that way, when you're a mature adult, you, you need to make your own peace with the world because you're now responsible for your own behavior in dealing with other human beings. You can't just foist it off on your past or on others. And maturity in a way means overcoming whatever deficiencies and traumas and problems you've had in the past as a way of establishing yourself as a real, solid human being, a mensch who stands there and is capable of dealing successfully with other human beings. Part of this is self-acceptance. You're talking about kids being such a factor in people becoming mature and growing out of an addiction. To put it in, in terms that mimic yours, you realize that your actions matter to yourself and to the people around you. And to do that, you know, things like labeling yourself in a negative way you're really going to get bogged down by that in a way that you're not going to be able to keep this up. And on the other hand, if you can accept yourself and think positively about yourself, as we were talking about earlier, it sort of fuels you to continue acting in a way that it shows that you believe that your actions matter to yourself and to other people. Can you talk about self-acceptance and how we help people switch from perhaps the negative view that they took of themselves going into the program and switching on to a, a more positive identity of themselves. Well, one thing that your uh, comments sparked to me is therapy is an unusual event. 
they didn't used to have therapy. People out in the woods or people living on a farm or people setting up a homestead or people that worked in factories all day didn't have time for therapy. Therapy is a way for people to pay somebody to focus on them. Or if you go to an AA group, it's people that are sitting around all concerned about their problems and your problems. It's a funny role to have in life. And we're a, a basic underlying theme in um, the life process programs that you want to progress beyond that. We have a little problem with the lifelong membership in AA. <laughs> we feel that people need to progress beyond seeing themselves as victims, as people who are constantly taking and needing help, to people who are giving help and you know concerned about other human beings. And obviously, as a part of that process, you have to be able to say, well, I'm a worthwhile person. I'm a person with strengths and skills uh, who's capable of helping other people. You have to reach a point where you're not sitting there saying, oh, you know what I hate about myself? I've got this deficiency that I need to remedy. That constant victimhood, therapy client, you know, support group member you need to get beyond that. You need to, you know, take stock and say, well, I am who I am. Uh, we've looked at your strengths and looked at your skills. We've looked at your positive relationships. This person is the only person I've got. And this person is fundamentally worthwhile. Um, and this person can be liked and this person can be strong. Hmm. Again, I leap back to you working with children you don't want to have a child who's late. I mean, you get kids all the time who are labeled with some kind of learning disability or personality problem. You don't want them to leave your relationship with them or to leave school identifying themselves primarily by that problem or that label. We, we have a problem in LPP, you and I agree on this, with people getting up and saying, I am an addict or I am an alcoholic. That's not a real person identity. Um, and it's funny because in the world at large, we no longer say about people, oh, I'm disabled. You're not allowed to say that to kids or anybody now. Right. You say, I'm a person who may have some kind of a disability, but I'm fundamentally a real human being or worthwhile human being. And it's sort of only in the addiction field where you're able to get up and say, I'm an alcoholic, and that's permissible. In any other realm, and certainly in life process program, you get up and say, hey, I'm Sam. I'm an adult. I'm an, a parent. I'm a partner in a relationship. I'm a member of the community. I'm a constructive contributor at work and in organizations. I'm a caring person. And I may have some issues with alcohol or drugs or shopping or love or sex, but that doesn't remove me as a responsible, obligated adult to participate as an a individual and a human being in the world community. So three pillars of maturity to us within the realm of the life process program and life in general are self-efficacy, self-acceptance, and responsibility overall. Can you speak real quickly to how the LPP helps people achieve a level of maturity in the context of each of these respective categories that puts them in a position to better avoid or overcome addiction? Well, when you get the fundamental issue in addiction 
is whether you're in charge of your own life, you're not in charge of your own life. I mean, loss of control isn't a biological imperative. It's a way you have of relating to a substance or an activity, but in a way it's a way you have of relating to the world. And everything that we do, everything we've been speaking about tonight, about putting responsibility, uh, having responsibility within a family or in a community, on uh, when we deal with people to help them, giving them a sense of responsibility and agency in being able to change their behavior, to believe and respect themselves enough and appreciate what they bring to the table enough that they feel that they can carry on. All of this can be boiled down to a term self efficacy or another way of putting that is self-empowerment or another way that people often use another word is agency you are the master of your own destiny the ultimate outcome from lpp is that you are responsible for yourself and capable of carrying out that responsibility you're not a deficient human being in some fundamental way you're not a person who's got some basic disease that means that you can't manage your own life and make choices. You're the person who's capable of dealing with things. It gets back to that Alan Marlott example. You're the person who can arrange, specifically around addictions, your world so that you don't end up in some place where you almost have to smoke. Anxious with your ex-mother-in-law who's offering you cigarettes, you're not going to do that. You don't want to do that. You're the person who determines that, and you're capable of doing that. I think back, I testified at a murder trial in Jackson, Mississippi, and um, there's a point they call voir dire, where the other attorney questions you about your expertise. Hmm. And I was known, I was testifying for the prosecution where a man had killed his cocaine dealer because he wanted the cocaine and he didn't have any money and while he was at it he killed the cocaine dealer's girlfriend at the same time and so the defense attorney came up and said um are you going to tell me that my mother who quit smoking 10 years ago doesn't wake up every morning wanting a cigarette and i said well that's not the question we're dealing with here i mean ultimately the question we're asking is would your mother want a cigarette enough to kill somebody to get it? <laughs> I'm going to guess that that would never be the case, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is if your mother doesn't smoke and maybe she's had moments, perhaps she's had a cigarette over those 10 years. But I think what you're what you've said to me is your mother no longer smokes and she gets up in the morning and it's some kind of temptation or a thought on her mind, but she's enough in charge of her life she respects herself enough. She arranges the, her world. I'm, she doesn't have cigarettes in the house, of course. Maybe, I don't know, she goes out and walks so that she's responsible for not any longer being addicted to cigarettes. And it sounds like your mother's done that. And that, I said to the defense attorney, that's where we're getting to. We're getting to the point where the person is the chief officer of not being addicted in their own lives. It's their job. Other people can care about them and help them, but they're the commander in chief of that activity. 